morning, my beautiful folks. How are you? Hey, look alive. Please stand up. Ashley, just wave your arms a little bit. Let me know you're alive. Have you ate so much, partied so much that you're just tired? Or are you really glad that it's time to come to the house of the Lord? Are you alive this morning? God been good to you? Been good to your family? Anybody got any complaints? Don't say them if you do. Right? Another day, God gives us good strength, right? A while back, a few years, been a while, I heard this woman screaming. And I was looking, and all of a sudden, across the street, I seen this guy he had his hands around her throat. And so I was with a guy I'd hired as the maintenance person. And I'm like, is that guy choking that woman? He said, yep. And so I said, come on. And I took off running like a bandit. And I got over there to where he was at. And he saw me coming up, had him right up against the van. He was choking the snot out of her. And so when he saw me, he let her go, and I came in, and I stepped in between them, and I did my little Gracie thing and put my hand on his chest. And he began to curse me really, really, really good. I won't even tell you what he said. But I noticed that the woman had children in the vehicle and they were crying. She was visibly shaking. And so I told her, I'm like, go get your children out of the van. And you see this church, see the place right there? I'm like, you go up there and you'll be safe. Don't worry about him. He's not going to bother you. So he backed up and said, oh. Blankety, blankety, blank, blank, blankety, blank. And he said, you must be a blankety, blank hero. And I said, well, today I am. <laughs> and then he sized me. He was looking at me. Because he was bigger than I was. So I'm either the stupidest white boy you have ever seen or he might need to rethink about taking a swing at me. So I begin to talk to him, and I'm like, those are your children in the van? He said, yeah, blank, blank, blank. And I'm like, ain't that something for children to see? A father choking their mother. And I'm like, what in the world would possess you so much to do that in front of your kids? And I noticed that the guy I was with, I looked back, and he was still under the carport. <laughs> in this life, one of the wisest things that you can ever have in your life is to know the people that are around you. It's because not everybody in this life will help you. Listen, just because people go to church don't mean that they will help you. Come on, talk to me now. Because when you're going through something, let me tell you one of the most precious things that can ever happen in your life is if you step into that hero's mode and you go to rescue someone. You go over and beyond the call of duty and you stop talking about being a Christian you start acting like one. Listen, a, a preacher that won't fight for you is a pretty poor preacher, right? That's why I've never liked that stigma that, you know, preachers, pastors got to be, you know, we got to be 250 pounds and can't pass a chicken joint, you know? No. I can pray for you, and I can also choke you unconscious. 
Absolutely. Whichever one comes first. And if you don't believe me, just show up tomorrow at 6 o'clock and we'll slap hands and get on the mat and we'll see. Right? Right? That belt won't save you. Right? So I don't pay any attention to the belt, but come check me out. You check me out, big old boy. How'd it work out for you? Right? How'd it work out for you, Chris? Uh, some of you, uh, did it work out for you? <laughs> no. No. In, in life, it's something beautiful about knowing and connecting with the people. Church should be something besides a social club. Right? Come on, talk to me. So if we don't love each other, who's going to love us? The world won't, it won't love you. That's why in a church, we should always protect the weak, right? We should always protect the weak. And, and, and listen, when, when one person suffers, what does the scripture say? We all, right? We can do it as a church is really get to know one another better. And, and listen, in order to do that, you got to be trustworthy, because people don't want to tell you their problems if they're afraid you go blab them. Amen. Confess your faults one to another. That is the least uh, scripture we obey. Confess your faults one another. No, everything's fine in my life. Right? We don't want to confess our faults because we're too scared somebody will do what? Yeah. No. But there's something about having brotherhood. There's something about having sisterhood. There's something about having someone that you can actually trust. And, and, and listen, those of you, because I, Lord have mercy, you know, somebody say, please don't write a book, Pastor. <laughs> those of you that know me, you know that I don't use this pulpit to expose people. Amen. Right? I cover. Love covers. Always covers. Right? Because I know some stuff. You'd be surprised. Boy, we got Jerry Springer right up in this place. Jerry Springer ain't got nothing on us. We got crazy in here. They're dressed up, but you can look around. There's some crazies in here. Right? Raise your hand and say, I'm one. So let's do something, man. Turn around. Shake somebody's hand. Greet them for just a moment. We don't do enough of it. If you don't know somebody, so glad to have you today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're safe. We're glad you're here. Hey, cuz. I love you. So, years ago, I talked with the leaders of a place called Men of Action. It's a group in the Church of God that basically handles a lot of the missions. And so, I was talking to the leaders and telling them that I wanted to do a project. And the individual told me that uh, there was a place... Uh, in Nicaragua that's a, a little bit outside of Nicaragua called the Bluefield Islands and that there was a woman there uh, something had happened the pastor had flew the coop but they didn't have a church but she was trying to uh, keep it all going uh, a lot of times they would have open air meetings but uh, in the area of Bluefield it rains look it don't it's, it's a monsoon. Did I say that right? Yeah. So, I mean, you can just, when it rains, it ain't like normal rain here. I'm like, you, you see the streets just flood. And the gentleman told me that this lady, which you had to be pretty brave because they're in that area, you know, uh, they, they frowned a little bit on, on women. And so, which, that intrigued me anyhow, you know. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like Jesus, you know. I tell a woman, go and tell. Do what you do right. Do what you do good, right? Women, go and tell. 
right of y'all's head, right? Oh. And so uh, I went, I flew over there. I met this lady, loved her, came back and began to plan this missions because we were going to go build a church. We were actually build a partial, all those kinds of things. And so uh, we raised the money. It wasn't any problem getting the money. So I flew over there. I met this missionary in Managua, and we flew over. And when we got to Bluefields, the atmosphere was pretty crazy. You know, we, you find a big plane going, and then you can touch the pilot on the other plane. Right? And I had heard that that airline had lost three planes. I wish I'd known that before I got on that plane. Right? So you're flying in. You hit this broken runway. It's crazy. And we got there, and the whole atmosphere, and the missionary, he, he got scared. And I found out that Daniel Ortega, was in Bluefields. It was up for re-election. And he had gone to what you would call the, the, the poor side of Nicaragua to get votes. And so now all the Sandinistas on one side, all the Contras are on the other, and the mission. And I'm like, man, I'm already here. I'm going to buy that land. He said, you're going to get us killed. And I'm like, well, we will die happy, won't we? <laughs> and he pled, he pleaded with me to abort. I'm like, dude, it's going to be fine. It's okay. I'm like, it's great. It's all right. I could see, look in his face. Well, he had had an experience to where uh, he was in, uh, the main part of Nicaragua, but went into the remote area. There's, there's paths and stuff that they tell you. The warning signs are there. If you enter into this area, we will not come to get you. And he somehow, but anyhow, the vehicle he was on got attacked. So I, I, I imagine he did have some post-traumatic stress about it. You know, getting shot at is no fun, right? I can say that because I've been shot at, right? I'm not just, not just a figure of speech. I've, I've been shot at. It's not fun, right? Feel bullets going by your head, that ain't fun, right? If anybody says it's fun, let me shoot at you, right? And so I could tell he had real fear. Blue eyes. Blue eyes. I was thinking, you old goat. <laughs> Right. <laughs> the least person in the world you'd expect for somebody to say something is a little old lady. What's with this? I've been, you know, giving the finger by a little old lady. What is it old lady's got against me? I do not know. But she screamed out blue eyes. I didn't stop and have a conversation with the woman. I just kept right on walking. The long and the short of it, I got that land. We made it back alive. That guy resigned his position. <laughs> I might have helped him, you know, encouraged him. I think he lasted six more months. And, but I, I knew then he needed a new line of work, right? That, that, that'd be like the police officer coming to your house because somebody's broke into your house and hiding behind you, right? What I've just done is I've shared a life experience. Something that I went through, I experienced, I felt. Man, I can still look at that fruit. It was the, man, the reddest watermelon I think I've ever had. Because, I mean, it was hot and muggy. I'd cut that fruit up and have it form. And, man, what I can still see it, still feel it taste it you know lobster was really cheap you know we're sitting at a cliff at a restaurant that's a nice restaurant and I saw a guy jump off the cliff man it was so beautiful he just jumped 
dove. I was just sitting there minding my own business. And he never come back up. I kept looking, 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 looking. And I'm like, now I started getting that feeling. And I'm like, hmm. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to jump off that cliff. <laughs> so, but I actually, I felt a little, I'm like, oh, something like. And then all of a sudden, I saw him surface. And when he surfaced, he was swimming backwards. And he was jerking his head like he was having a seizure. And the closer he got to shore, he stood up, and I saw him do this. And then all of a sudden, he pulled up a fish about like that, put it on his shoulder, and walked. I was like, what in the world? And a guy that was at the restaurant said, that's how he gets his food. He had jumped off that cliff with a line in his mouth and trolled underneath the water, shaking and hooking that fish with his mouth. And I said, have mercy. I mean, I'll be 95 years old and I will never forget that story. You know why? Because I saw it with my own eyes I experienced what this guy it, it, it was incredible I want to tell you that there are two kinds of books that you read that you have you can go to the library you know you can check out a book you can read that book you can experience what's on those pages somebody can tell you what's going on, and you can, you can learn, you can, you can have somebody teach you a few things, and, and that book becomes something of knowledge, right? And I love to read. Who loves to read? I mean, I'm, I, I like reading. I like, you know, hearing. I, I, I love all kinds of cooking things, and I love the hunting things. I love history. Uh, I like reading those books. And look, I've gotten a lot out of that. But I want to tell you something. It's much different when you become that book. See, there's books that I read, and then there's the book that I am. There's the book that other people read, and then what you see here in the flesh is my book. And how people read you gives them this realistic viewpoint of what you really are, not what you say you are. Right? Come on, talk to me. Because how many of you have ever said they're nothing like they say? Talk to me, right? How many of you have ever gone? OMG, I would have never known. Right? So, 2020, I, I, want, to, I want to just, I, I, don't, I, I don't want to, because I, I think that the greatest sermon that people ever hear doesn't come from this area. It comes from this area. Right? Because preaching, I think, is overrated. Nobody should have to teach you about the things of God to the degree that you are relying on someone to teach you. I'm, I'm losing you, right? No, you, you don't come here so I can tell you about God. You come here so that we can experience the God that we already know. Amen. So that you don't view this pulpit as something that it's not. This, this, is, this is not the area of kingship. It's not the area of worship. 
It's not the area where, where you get all your spiritual resources from. You don't spend enough time with me to get that kind. Why? You cannot be dependent upon me. Come on, talk to me. Starting out with a bang, right? Right? No, you, you have to have some hunger and some thirst yourself. The Bible has to come alive to you. Right? Because if you just read for knowledge, then that's what you'll get. But if you're reading the Bible for relationship, then Christ becomes alive in you. And if you put that with the purpose that I've been preaching about, your life will change. Man, the saddest thing is to see a Christian that doesn't have any purpose. No life. Too many sad Christians. Right? Too many, too many soft Christians that don't know, don't, know, don't know how to fight through a conflict. That, that don't know how to, to handle stuff. Lose their ever-loving mind. Right? Listen, if you're breathing... You got a responsibility to praise God, right? Naked, you came into this world. What you fussing about, right? You ain't taking nothing with you, right? <laughs> Talk to. Me. Can you spend money in the grave? <laughs> Make your kids sad. Spend it all, right? No. They'll pull the plug on you really quick, right? Yeah, he's dying. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm excited about the opportunity that when you see passion in someone, you see purpose in someone that goes beyond this cultured Christianity that has you worshiping something just to worship something. Because it seems like there's a trend to worship worship. Right? It's true. So while I thank the Lord for excellence in this life, and I thank the God for the giftings, and let me tell you something, there's some talent right there. There's some talent right there. I thank God for that. I do. I, I, I thank the Lord. What Danny been doing? Boy, you can sing. Chris, my Lord. Todd, Marcy. Look, that, that white girl can sing. Crazy. She can sing. Right? We got some talent. Man, let me tell you something. Danny over there is one of the most gifted, kindest Man, I've, I've ever. When I met Danny, his hair was down to here. They weren't even, they weren't even married. Danny had a heart of gold. Put him right up there on the stage. And I was blessed to like do their wedding. And this was a man that was playing in a band and he'd get off at 4 o'clock in the morning and never miss a moment. Would go home and sleep two hours and then show up right here and never complain one time. Got my absolute respect, dude. I mean, up all night. Because you know musicians that party all night, they sleep all day. Talk to me. Right? So... I enjoy those gifting, but let me tell you something. I don't have to have a song. I ain't got to have a guitar. I ain't got to have anything to help me worship the Lord because I only spend about 30, 40 minutes with them worshiping, but all week long, that's when real worship transpires. That's, that's when, when you, you give God the glory that he deserves, and, and it'd be nice if Marcy showed up at my house at 6 o'clock in the morning when I get up, and I say, well, just get it, girl. Go ahead and help me worship. But you know what? She ain't never showed up one time at my house. Neither have you. You ain't been to my house and played no guitar for me to help me worship God. You, you kind soul, I ain't seen nothing of you. 
Y'all leave me alone all week long. And for you to believe that I'm going to leave worship up to them, you have lost your ever-loving mind. Call me up sometime and just sing to me, Danny. Because I don't get to hear you, but every once in a while, I miss you. I don't get enough of them. Ain't, there, ain't none of them. I mean, Miss Judy and Tim are the only one that calls me up and sings to me, and they can't sing. <laughs> and they ain't even here today. See, the days of you letting someone be your spiritual should be coming to an end. I'm the guy that motivates and pushes you and I'm also the guy that tells you the truth because I'm, I'm not afraid of you. If you get mad at me because I tell you the truth and you leave the church, you just make another pastor's life miserable. Right? Right? If, you, if, if you're somewhere where there's no life, because, see, in order for you to listen to me, you first of all have to love me. Amen. You have to love me. If you don't love me, I'll never be able to probably be truthful with you. We'll always be at odds. You can't be truthful with someone that doesn't love you. Right? Because then it just usually becomes an argument. And I'm not a dictator. I say what I need to say and then I move on. Because life's about choices. Right? I tell somebody one time and you know what? If you tell the person the truth one time, that's all you need to do. Everybody say, uh, don't have a nagging spirit. Who likes to be nagged? Anybody? Come on, guys. Just raise your hand. You know, I'm just <laughs> sticking on way up up there, right? I like to be nagged. Oh. When you are honest with someone, and that's the thing that I believe is most important, because if you have some questions in life, stop asking everybody else and go to the main source and just go ahead and ask the Lord. Right? Huh? Don't ask your friend. Your friend will side with you half the time. You know why? Because they know that if they say something that you don't like, you're going to go off on them. Right? Talk to me. Yeah. Ask me how I know. Right? You got to be willing. I, I hope that 2020 finds you willing to go to a different depth in your own spirituality. That, that, that there's this hunger and there's this thirst in you for you to have something because there is nothing like telling your own story. See, for too long, we've talked about what Moses and Abraham did. We've talked about what David did. See, they are examples, but they weren't meant to just be our history lesson. All right? See, I, I want to hear the brave things that you've done. I want, I, I, I want to hear the exploits that you've accomplished. I want the adventure of your own life to be that, that moment. There's something about having those moments. That's why your testimony is the greatest sermon that people can hear. Are you listening to me? See, it would be wonderful if everybody in Wilson would come and hear, right? I think we've got a great place. We've got a great church. got great people, don't you? Yes. Right? Yes. But sometimes I think we're secret. Huh? Sometimes I'm like, well, it'll affect a person's life. You. You. Wherever you are. You know, the world is your oyster right where you are. The giftings of God are right inside of you. You know, all around you, there are people that need to hear about Jesus. And they don't always... It's aggravating. Because look at your neighbor and say... People respond to what is real.
So I'm going to say it again. James 1, verse 22. Everybody good? Watch this. I'm healed. I like this scripture. It's a beautiful scripture. James declared this. He said, be you what? Doers of the word. And not just hearers only. Then it says something so powerful. Deceiving yourself. So, to understand the scripture, understand that when James is writing this, that one of the greatest things that's happening, especially if you know about Greek history, so you're understanding that Greek history, you're understanding the Hebrew, Hebrews were more oracle. They, they, they told stories, they told stories, they told stories. Greeks, their language, man. So James is giving this explanation because people like to learn. They like to learn. Inspiring. Man, you hear about something happening over here and all the spiritual people, what do they do? They run over there because they got to get under the spout where the glory runs out, right? Right? Then you hear this cat. Man, he's operating in the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. So you're like, whoa, Put on your clothes and get ready and jump up at that altar and wait for him to lay hands on you so you could get a word from the Lord. All right? Here are some commotion going over there. Revivals taking place. Man, went all the way to Pensacola, Florida. Going there, Brownsville Revival. Man. Went to another. Then all of a sudden you hear that there's this laughing ministry going on. And I'm like, man, things are kind of rough. I need a good laugh, right? You're seeing, heard about gold dust falling from the, right? Somebody saw angels, right? One guy, he died and went to hell and come back. To tell about it. One guy, he died and went to heaven. I heard them all. I was running back and forth. Trying to learn. Trying to experience. Right? And you know what? Here's what I learned. I was as dumb going as I was leaving. Daggone it, I didn't see no angels. I didn't see no gold, right? I still haven't left my body. I haven't gone to hell, thank the Lord. I ain't gone to heaven, right? I listened to all them. I ain't experienced any of that. I ran and I ran. So I'll tell you what I did. I started taking care of kids. I took care of the hungry. I started a downtown outreach. All the crackheads in this city. They knew me by name. Fed them. Then I'd preach to them. I'd preach to them before I fed them. (laughs) I made friends with the prostitutes. True, I'd be preaching. Prostitutes would come in. How do you know they were prostitutes? You know. I mean, dress up there here. Be funny. I'd be preaching about Jesus and prostitute walk by and all my guys would go. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. I keep right on preaching, right? I went downtown in Nash and Vic and I put tables all the way down that whole block. Put a stage there, puppet shows. And I had a neighborhood meeting where we fed everybody. And the only requirement for you to be with me is you had to sit down at that table and you had to break bread with someone. I did not want all the people that we were ministering to sitting at the table by themselves like they were different from what we were. Oh, you ain't listening to me. 
So in order to go, you had to sit down at that table and break bread. What good is a church that doesn't break bread? Come on, talk to me. That's why some of you, you got to stop being so lazy on Sunday night. It used to be, in order to be spiritual, your tails had to be in church every Sunday night. Right? Or you weren't spiritual. And if you miss Wednesday, we know you weren't spiritual. Now, here I am, you got a great pastor that doesn't have all these demands on you, and you only have to go like to, to fellowship, to care group, once on Sunday night, and some of you are too tired. It's getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. Right? Well, I get home late on Wednesday night, and you know what? You know, we got to eat supper. Kids got to get a bath, blah, 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 blah. And you know what? Your kids don't get a bath till 9.30 anyhow because you can't even get them into bed. Right? So what do you do? You stay at home. What you value in this life is what you will put time to. Are you listening? Why is it that Wednesday night has become so scarce? Everybody's so busy, 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 busy. But I want to tell you something. There are some messages going on on Wednesday night that I'm telling you that you are missing. You're missing it. And it's good stuff. It's stuff that is helpful. And listen, I understand busy, working, all those kinds of things. But listen, look at your neighbor and say, there's no excuse for just sheer laziness. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Acts 17, 22, 28 says, in him we live, we move, we have our very being. Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20. He says, no longer I that lives, but it's the Christ that lives inside of me. Now say this with me. Wake up, Jesus. Wake up inside me. Yeah. Most powerful source that we have shouldn't be asleep inside of us because he wants us alive, wants us kicking, wants us moving. I, I hear people all the time say, I need a change. I need a change. Whether it's a new man, new woman, whatever, new job, I need a change. I heard one little girl say, you know what? I am so ready to get out of this one horse little hick town. They might call us a one-horse hick town. If you ain't got an olive garden, you're a one-horse hick town. If the only restaurant in your town is Bojangles, yes. We got chilies and apple peas. Call us no one-horse hick town. We even got an arts department. We're rating. But she did. She said, I am so tired of this one-horse hick town. Listen. Change does not happen when you move to another location. Right? That God. <laughs> Listen. We'll just say girlfriend. You can get a new girlfriend. But if you treat the new girlfriend like you did the old girlfriend, changing girlfriends don't matter. Right? Listen, you can get a new boyfriend, right? <laughs> Father, help this side right here. <laughs> like I was saying, you can get a new boyfriend. <laughs> Somebody say, oh, please, please, please. I'll pay for him. No. But if you don't fix the crazy in your life, talk to me. See, the only way that you truly change 
It's by having a transformation and renewing your mind. Because if you go to somewhere new but you don't change your mindset, you just take the old with you and establish something there. See, I, I love people, but I don't love people because of what they can do for me. See, I, 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 I love my man, but if you never sing another note, if God forbid something happened to your voice and you couldn't sing, you are more important to me than your voice. Huh? Break your hand, can't play. I'm still going to love you. Because what you do should not be why somebody loves you. Oh, Lord have mercy. I could, I could preach right there. Because I have been loved for what I have done for people. Just to find out that they didn't really love me. And that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. And I find my comfort because I can hear him because there's more than one Peter in this life. Do you love me, Cliff? Yeah, Lord, you know I love you. You love me, Cliff? I love you. Do you love me more than all of these? That's the third time you asked me. They put me in the crazy house because I said I loved you. You know I love you. So he said, feed my sheep. And then I got the revelation of understanding that if I don't love him first, I'll never survive loving the sheep. Because sheep will go where they want to go. And you can't always prevent that. Because sheep just like to eat. And sometimes they don't know how safe they are in having a shepherd that will run after them and kill the wolf that's after them. And the hireling that will just let them go into somewhere unsafe. My job is to keep the wolf from ever getting to you. You listening? Or too much? It went over your head? So pastoring is not a place where you just put this guy on a pedestal. Pastoring is just a place where you can learn what honor is about. And people who don't have any honor usually have a lot of difficulties in their life. I'm not looking for worship. Lord have mercy. Lisa's enough, I mean. <laughs> Don't you tell I said that. Knock you out when you come to the altar. <laughs> She's so sweet. <laughs> she is. Oh, why did I say that? Don't tell on me. No, this is a place where hopefully you are understanding that as you're getting built up in your most holy faith, that you're going to have a story to tell that's going to affect somebody's life. And the testimony that you give is going to bring something great to someone else's life. What you are experiencing and what you are going through matters to the people that God is going to send your way because you are the greatest witness of this church, not myself. And let me tell you something. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm human. And so I'm going to ask you in advance, forgive me.
I might say something that I shouldn't say. I might give a gesture that is not godly. I don't walk around with a halo over my head and angels singing as I just, my shadow cast on people. There have been a few times when that person pulled out in front of me that I wasn't kind. And I gave driving lessons. For those of you that are so holy that you never have ungodly moments, please come up here and pray for me. I wake up some mornings and I don't feel like telling anybody about Jesus. I wake up some mornings and I don't want to return the 23 phone calls that I've got. I wake up some mornings and I don't want to read the email. Believe it or not, for them sake. Olive Garden. When you eat the homemade marinara that I make, they don't want to go to Olive Garden. Some days I get up and I don't want to be pastor. I don't want to be counselor. I don't want to be forensics dude. I just want to go fishing. Because I'm tired of these knuckleheads sending me pictures of their fish that they caught. And I'm talking about you guys. I want to be in the boat. As a normal human being, fishing. Don't want to have to minister to anyone crazy on the boat. Be sane when you ask me to go fishing. I don't want to cancel your problems. I don't even want to hear about your problems. Leave me alone and just let me fish. Because I am subject to snap and throw you out of the boat and say it was an accident. That's all I'm going to say about that. Because being spiritual is work. Hey, listen to me. Getting up with purpose is work. I got to change my mindset because I'm normal just like you. I don't always want to obey the Lord. You think I don't want to sleep some Sunday mornings? Just lay before the Lord. You think I don't want to go to the mountains? I got free access to the mountains. Don't even cost me anything. I got access to the beach. Doesn't cost me anything. I got a cabin in Kentucky on the Daniel Boone Parkway. I can go to any time I want. Won't cost me a dime. And I got to be here on Sunday morning. somewhere getting an offering on Sunday because I trade my pulpit as a business opportunity how many times you ever see me miss on Sunday and how many times you ever see me gone on Sunday you know why because I put you first first not because I ain't got somewhere else to go that's easy. All I got to do, I need to because, like, go somewhere. I mean, it's not, it's not hard to motivate folks because, 
Like you can preach in your own church and people look at you like, because they get used to you. You go somewhere else, my Lord, they, you're like, whoo, I would love to preach here all the time because they act like they like hearing what I'm saying. No, normal, normal, normal. You can be normal. And it's okay. But there's this fight that you've got to have inside of you that makes you want to shake yourself. And sometimes when nobody else is encouraging you and it, it don't look exciting and everything else, there are times when you must encourage your own self in the Lord. Right? For me, just seeing the look in somebody's face that knows that I've done my best for them. That to me is what matters. Knowing that they know that what I did, I did from my heart. That it's heartfelt. And hopefully I can be the type of person that when I say that I love someone, that they actually believe me. We got work to do. Right? Lots of hurting people. You with me? You really with me? You love me? You love me? Are you sure? You love me? You sure? Right? You love me? You do? How about you? Love me? Okay. You love me because what I do for you, you just love me. Right? Hey, you. You want a cupcake? Are you sure? I give you one. You don't want it? You love me? You like me? You like my cooking? You know what she did the other night? I cooked some yellow tuna, some fresh yellow tuna, and she ate it. So I called her mama just to brag on it and say she ate my tuna. <laughs> Why? How do you love? Because one of the most beautiful things in this life is how you love. And if a person really, truly believes that you love them, right? That's something that we all have the capabilities of doing. And that's loving. Nobody should ever be able to outlove us when we represent Christ. Amen. Say amen. Come on, talk to me.